Welcome back to the Whole Home Podcast. This is Laura, and I'm back in my studio with a new guest tonight. Before I introduce her, I just want to say, um, if you are tuning in for the first time and haven't had a chance to listen to the intro episode, I would encourage you to listen to that next. In that episode, I share exactly what Whole Home is, why I started a podcast, and what you, the listener, can expect. And I think you'll find the reason for this podcast is so much more than an excuse to get together with friends old and new. And all that to say, I hope very much that you will listen. And as you do, please extend me some grace for any sound issues that there may be. I'm new to all this tech stuff and maybe had some of my dials off a little bit. But anyway, you can listen to that episode and any more episodes on iTunes, Spotify, um, whatever the Android platform is. I have no idea. (laughs) And of course, you can listen at wholehomepodcast.com. So um, saying all that, I'm very pleased to share that my guest today is Brittany Schmidt, also known as Britt. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Britt. And I never, honestly, I really never did realize before planning for this that your name's Britt Schmidt. It is indeed, yes. <laughs> Do people call you that? Um, only occasionally. <laughs> okay, well, I've never thought of it and I'm very excited. <laughs> Britt Schmidt. I'm excited that you're excited. <laughs> so how are you feeling? I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous. I've never done anything like this before, but I'm I'm honored to be invited and I'm I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's really special. So. Thank you. Thank you yeah for being here and I'm spending your evening with me and the fam and having dinner and all that. Um so, Britt, I'm trying to think when we met and the best I have is 2021. Is that sound right? Like summer? Um fall 2020 actually oh, oh wow yeah it's <laughs> okay. okay never mind can you <laughs> <Sorry>. remind me <laughs> um yeah so september 2020 is okay. when i started going to remnant um and pretty That's quickly awesome. yeah pretty quickly i started um going to y'all's community group uh, but i don't have like i don't i don't remember when we actually met like the specific same moment I remember, though, that your fam or you invited us to your parents' house. Yeah. And then we had never roasted hot dogs over a fire <laughs> outside. And your family was like, what? It, Who yeah. are these people, Brittany? <laughs> We've roasted a few hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, we're not big outdoor people. <laughs> anyway, um, well, before we start, I was just thinking about you. And there was a few things I wanted to say. I wanted to just say that I was thinking about how... Um, you are just a very relational person, I think, and that comes through in your warmth and your easy smile, um, which is super welcoming. And you seem to really value and care deeply about the relationships that you have. And um, I'm really blessed by that. And finally, you are a wonderful hugger. <laughs> and everyone give Brittany a hug because oh. <laughs> she has a hug ministry, in case you didn't know. <laughs> That's It's really funny you should say that because I – habitually second guess whether or not people want me to hug them and it's been a struggle for a long time and I finally decided to just do it and they can tell me if they don't want me to hug them yes you just proved my point (laughs) hug ministry okay so let's dig in your background if you're ready sure Mm -hmm. okay so this is the soil section of the podcast and um so let's just get started so Britt where did you grow up I grew up in Chesterfield Virginia um Mainly, like since I was four or five, I think it was in a in a house that my dad built, and it was me and my parents and my two older brothers. Well, was he building it 
Like, was it a process or did he build it, it and was. like you entered into the doors? It was a it was a process where we like we sold our house and lived in a in a rental house while he was building that house and uh, mm. a lot of a lot of friends from from our church at the time um, would come on nights and weekends to help him with it, which was really really beautiful wow. to see. Um, and it it was a good example to us kids of like what the body of Christ looks like. Um, and we we spent a lot of time when we weren't doing school just you know helping on the job <laughs> site. I think my brothers were more helpful than I was. Um, I I backed off of the deck when it didn't have any railing railings yet and nearly broke my neck so that was how helpful I was (laughs) is that the house that they're in now yes oh my goodness it just it doesn't have a deck anymore it's a patio now I don't know why I didn't connect that wow that's amazing (laughs) yeah it's Um, changed a lot over the years it's a lovely house um so you go back there a lot yeah yeah um okay so as a kid how would your parents describe you oh no (laughs) I know that's a not a fair question. <laughs> um, how would my parents describe me as a kid? Like, how would they describe me now? Or siblings, I oh, guess. I, okay. Or siblings. I, like, so what were you like <laughs> as a kid? I guess it's easier to ask. Uh, like, how would someone else think about you rather than... Yeah. Um, I'm always... I spend way too much time wondering what other people think of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, my... I, I think my brother's were probably a little annoyed because I was like, like I was always trying to get them into trouble mm-hmm. and <laughs> and like tattling on them and stuff. Um, but they they were very sweet and and played with me anyway. And um, and as far as my parents, um, and a lot a lot of my relationship with my parents as a kid was through school since we were homeschooled. Yeah, and so it was right. a lot of like <laughs> my mom trying to get me to focus on subjects that I was not interested in because I just wanted to be you know reading or writing or drawing or something yeah. something that I didn't have to think too much about were your um, brothers good students was that like a an I issue of contention like, I feel like they were I feel like we are all were relatively good students not like not amazing but not terrible mm-hmm. just kind of just kind of average students yeah so you were quiet <laughs> you were not a troublemaker but you would bother your brothers yeah (laughs) yeah so they would agree with that if you said probably yeah you had two older brothers Mm -hmm. okay how much older um there this is very specific but I've heard my mom say it my whole life so there's 20 months in between my oldest brother and my middle brother and then 20 months 20 months between my middle brother and me okay so we're pretty close yeah you guys are really close who were you the closest to growing up my middle brother Travis Okay. We, uh, we had a lot of the same interests, and we would, we would do a lot of like play acting together. I remember us pretending to be like pilgrims on his his four poster bed, and oh my goodness, just, that's yeah, fun. like pretending it was a covered wagon and stuff. And but the three of us would all well, who would you be? Who, who I was, was your character? I, was just, I don't remember what my name was actually. Oh, oh yeah. it was Jesse. I think it was usually okay. Jesse. Um, and I had like a little bonnet and everything, yes. and we had that's stick amazing. horses and. And then, yeah, the three of us would go out in the woods and build forts and make grand schemes for things that we could never hope to actually, like, realize. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, this one will have tunnels, and this will have a secret trapdoor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was fun. That's a blessing. I feel like those are memories I wish I had. Or maybe I do have some. I just need to, yeah, think harder about it. But <laughs> So do you have a favorite childhood memory? Obviously, those are good ones. Hmm. I don't know. There's so many. There, there were a lot of 
really lovely days spent up in a tree that we called the poplar tree which i'm not even sure is a poplar tree okay we called it the poplar tree is it still is it still um what's the word I want it, to say is standing. Still, it is still standing it's some of the lower branches are gone now so i don't know if we could actually get in it again i was just thinking about it the other day one hmm. wanting to climb it again we used to like read books up there and and like we carved our names into it like our real names and our character names for like our um make-believe things and and yeah we just we spent a lot of time up there yeah, you should find out about that tree. That <laughs> seems like pretty cool. So you did you guys have a lot of rules or you could just, mm. you had a lot of time to imagine and do what you wanted? Did you say, did we have a lot of rules? Yeah. Oh. Because um, I feel like what popped in my head right away was like, oh my gosh, don't climb a tree. <laughs> I don't know. My, um, my parents were very, um, I think they had a lot of faith in my brothers to like, look out for me Mm -hmm. so we would go we would go play as soon as we finished our school for the day we would go play in the woods all day and mom had a bell that she would ring when dinner was ready yes she's so old school i love it um so yeah there there were you know certain like chores that we had to do and stuff like that but but we had we had a lot of freedom with um how we would spend our free time yeah um although we we had little to no screen time which i did not appreciate at the time but now i do okay that's interesting yeah yeah, so, it was it was like an event for us to watch a movie or something together as a family. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, was that different for your parents and they just had like the rule for you or were they not big TV I people either? I think that was, yeah, I don't think they watched very much without without us. Um, every once in a while, I think there would be like a movie that, that like friends recommended to them that wasn't kid friendly, then they would, they would watch it after we went to bed, but mm-hmm. they weren't like big TV watchers and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, what did you play with? But I guess you had your imagination. Yeah. yeah. We, there were so many different, like, make-believe things. Like, we were, we would be elves from Middle Earth. We would be spies. We were, like, we loved the Spy Kids movies. Or yeah. at, least, at least me and my girlfriends did. I think my brothers liked them, too. Um, we would be, like, wolves or Indians or, like, a lot. We liked to pretend that we were orphans in the wood, too. Like, oh, my we, gosh. Classic I, orphans. I know. I know. I think it's because we all read the Boxcar Children. And so we would, like, pretend that we were kids trying to survive in the woods together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who was your favorite um, character in this? Um, I think the one that I had the most fun with developing was was the the spy character. Mm-hmm. Even though it was just, like, I was pretending to be um, Carmen from the Spy Kids movies. But I had a lot of fun, like, making up my own stories yeah. for her and stuff. That's super fun. Come play spies with my kids. <laughs> um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, Should I, I guess? Like, <laughs> I feel like that changed like weekly. Um, although the the longest running one, which is is still a thing, is a writer. Yeah, like I've always wanted to write books, um, but uh, there were always like these sub dreams of like maybe I'll be a cowgirl or maybe I'll be a dolphin trainer or (laughs) whatever every once in a while there was the music dream but that really didn't become a a serious thing until like late in high school or maybe even after high school Mm -hmm. like I could not sing as a child it was terrible and I didn't play any instruments yet either so music music is how a lot of people know me now but it was never a thing when I was a kid Hmm. So, why are you involved in things? You said you were homeschooled. So, did your mom? Were you like? Did you drive all around the city? Did you ever come to Richmond? Like, 
Not was it like the other? (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was kind of an event for us to come across the river. Um, When we did it, would be like to go to Maymont or um, to go to the science museum or the children's museum, Mm -hmm. or um, a lot of like we did musical theater all all throughout. um, I I think I was like twelve when we started. What is that? So like. doing doing musicals with with other homeschoolers okay um like like what <laughs> come on <laughs> spill the beans um, the first one i ever i was ever in was fiddler on the roof wow and yeah um that's like the best it's a really good one yeah yeah although the year before we joined it they did narnia and i'm still mad about that okay but it's okay <laughs> i'm excited i'm going to see um the horse and his boy next is it next week up um, Wait, in like DC. A production of it? Yes. What? Yes. I we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can just throw that in there. So Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. That's cool. But you said you couldn't sing, so apparently that wasn't true. <laughs> no, because I, I was not a I was not a main role in anything. In okay. The, I don't know, eight, nine years that I did musical theater. I was never I was never a main role. Um the closest I got to main role was the um Oh, I played I played Rachel Lind in like a smaller community oh my theater gosh, stop. group <laughs> production of of Anne of Green Gables. Um, I don't think I did very well, but I had fun, and um, and then I played one of the Bird Girls in Sioux School, which like, they're like a trio of narrators. Um, and those those are the closest. I was usually just like yeah. a background person, just giving it my all with my face. <laughs> yeah, would you, your brothers would do that too? They they didn't stay like in the shows themselves for as long, especially mm-hmm. my oldest brother Taylor. He he changed to doing like helping build sets and that kind of stuff. That was more his thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Does that still exist? Do you know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It used to be called Reflections Academy of Dramatic Arts, and now it's called Al- Alpha Theater and Arts. I always just call it Alpha. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're they're wonderful. I, I grew up with with all those people, and they're still very dear to me, even though I hardly ever see them. Yeah. Did also, you, I was gonna fact, say, don't you do like horse? Why are we thinking of horses? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I used to. I used to ride horses. Okay, occasionally. Not I didn't like, make that up. I was not. It was. It was not like a regular thing, but I wished that it was. Um, I spent more time drawing horses than riding horses. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot draw horses save my life. Um, I probably because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't care about it. But anyway, what were you gonna say? You. Oh, you I was gonna idea. say. Um, my both of my brothers met their wives through musical theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's like a cool. It's like a cool part of our family history. Yeah, that my my friends in in theater became my brother's wives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when did you first start to feel like an adult mm. in your life? So. I think not really until I moved out of my parents' house, which was in 2020, right? No, 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 2021. I was going to move out of in 2020, and then the pandemic happened. Right. And I was in catering at the time, which then suddenly was no longer a thing. Um, so all of my plans went down the drain, which was good. I, I actually kind of needed to stay with my parents a little longer. Um, like, it was it was very, it was a good season for me. Um, so the, the following year, spring of spring slash summer of 2021 is when I when I moved out I had my own house and I was managing a restaurant and I was like I think I'm an adult now yeah but I still don't always feel like one (laughs) wait what were you doing first did you move out or manage a restaurant because I feel like either one of those would be (laughs) like the thing but um I 
I believe it was January of 2021 that I became oh wait no no it was January 2022 that I became assistant manager it was mm-hmm. sometime in 2021 that re- that I became like a key holder like a low le- lower level manager mm-hmm. that's um, a big deal yeah it, it kind of all happened like around the same time and it's a bit of a blur yeah I, yeah I couldn't even remember the year also it, it's definitely like pandemic brain I feel like that's a thing yeah for sure um so what what are some other jobs you had you mm. you said catering so food yeah food businesses yeah I spent a lot of a lot of Saturday nights just waiting for people to stop dancing at weddings so I could go home and, yes <laughs> and, a, and a, like all day catering for corporate events and conferences and stuff and mm-hmm. um it was very either stressful or boring nothing in between like everything's happening at once and then there's nothing for an hour and you're yeah. just like oh my gosh um good paying job though right it was it was pretty decent yeah yeah not bad and when we got tips they were really good mm-hmm. um but it wasn't like like it was never what I really wanted to do it was just a way to to you know make make some money temporarily um but almost everything I've done has been in like food service the service industry um my first my first like job for somebody other than my dad <laughs> was um yeah. was Chick-fil-A and I made it a year and then went to New Zealand for a couple months which was great um and worked on a horse farm <laughs> um and then shortly after that I started catering and then in between that I worked at Urban Farmhouse Cafe and became a manager there and really liked that um but it wasn't like sustainable long term it was more of like a part-time thing but I would I would have stayed there is that in Churchill Where, um, there Urban? was one in Churchill okay. I think um I, I worked at the Melothian one I wonder if people saw you there that we know. (laughs) Maybe. I feel like I were nice, Britt. I was. (laughs) I think. I think I was nice. Um, But toward the end, I was very bored. And actually, at the toward the end of my my career at Urban Farmhouse, I decided to save up as much money as I could and just not not work for as long as I could to try to finish Mm -hmm. a book. Um, and that was uh, 2018 or 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Still haven't finished a book, but I had fun just writing for six or seven months. So were your parents like people like, you got to get a job when you're 18, 16, when you're 14? Like what What did they um, insist on? They weren't like really pushy about it or anything, but, but I, always, I was always trying to keep up with my older brothers and they both got jobs like as soon as they could. Yeah. I mean, they were they were working working for dad with the construction remodeling company like very early on um and then i think when they were 15 maybe 16 they both started working in chick-fil-a so it was, that was like there were two family businesses construction and chick-fil-a yeah did you ever go to college i actually don't remember no i didn't and yeah. every, every once in a while i'm like should i have gone to college but at this point i think i'm i think i'm good with it yeah you must have wrestled with it or not really i initially like when i when i graduated from high school which was 2011 i think that was a long time ago um i there was no doubt in my mind that i had no desire to go to college i was so tired of school and i was like heck no i'm not gonna go do another four years of school absolutely not Mm -hmm. and there was nothing that i wanted to do that required a degree like all i wanted to do was writing and maybe music but i wasn't sure yet um and i was like i'll just i'll just take you know, random courses or workshops or whatever to hone that craft and, and not worry about doing all the general eds and, mm-hmm. and getting in debt and all of that, all of that stuff. 
And then the more time passed, the more I was like, should I go to college? <laughs> well, I'm sure your parents, then it sounds like your parents really left it up to you. They, yeah, none of us went to college, like rare. my brothers and I, yeah. None of them? No, yeah. yeah. My, my oldest brother went straight into the Marine Corps, and my other brother went straight into to working with my dad. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, there was really no need for any of us to to go the college route. And I've I've always appreciated that my parents didn't, like, push us in that direction. Yeah. Because all of my friends went to college, at least mm-hmm. so everyone I can think of. Yeah, wow. That Yeah, that's something that Ryan and I, as you probably know, is that we definitely don't think our kids have to go to college. Mm-hmm. And you and your brothers are proof of that and several other people that we know. Yeah. Um, so maybe you kind of answered this, but maybe not. Um, was there a significant turning point in your life? That's such a broad question. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, I the I mean the biggest the most obvious one to me is okay, backing up a little bit. I I became a Christian when I was I don't know, 4 or 5, like very 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 young. I th- I think I was saved then. <laughs> but it was it was um my my grandfather was a pastor and we were we were at his church a lot over the summer and stuff when um we would go to visit our grandparents at the lake and and um it was just this thing that I was always around was like my grandfather's up there preaching and, and they're doing altar calls and I just want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so I remember making a decision that like, it wasn't even during an altar call. It was like in the Wait, middle of the night. Did you just say your grandpa was a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. He was. One oh, of, I didn't even. He was one of the founding uh, professors of the seminary at Liberty University. So he, I okay. have a lot of roots in that area. Um. That's yeah, no yeah. small thing. I know. Big I know. conversation. For, yeah. 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 I grew up with, with that whole legacy of like the Falwells and, and my, my grandfather and, and there's like, there's pros and cons to that, but I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of, a lot of the foundation that I got from that. Okay. So hold up. <laughs> so, because my brain it's so weird how you know things, but then like, they don't like seal in your mind. Cause uh-huh. I've definitely knew that. But then, so can you say it again in case anyone else is like me? <laughs> like, because I feel like Liberty, uh-huh. so many people are connected to it. Yeah. So tell me again, Brittany, what is your <laughs> connection? Um, it's crazy. My my grandfather was one of the, I believe it was four founding professors of the seminary there at Liberty. That's so um, crazy. And then both of my parents went there as well. Okay. So back up. You're four. <laughs> You're five. <laughs> yes. So I, I became a Christian at some point as a child. I was like my whole family is involved in this and I want to be involved too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know at what point it really became my own faith and not just something that I wanted to participate in. Um, but the turning point, jumping ahead a couple decades, um, the turning point was, um, this is, I feel like this is going to be a long story. <laughs> um, so, so sometime in... I'm going to guess 2018 or 2019, but that could be wrong. At some point before 2020, um, one of my, one of my best friends came out to me as gay and, and I like, it had a really big impact on how I viewed the Bible and like caused me to, to do a lot of a lot of searching and questioning and mm-hmm. and I ultimately through no fault of my friend um ended up like reaching a point where I didn't trust the bible anymore um 
because my, I guess my assumption was like if, if I love my friend and God loves my friend and this makes her happy, then there's no way that it can be wrong. Like the Bible must be wrong. And, and so just trying to figure out where the disconnect happened yeah. of like what, what translation error or like what manipulative patriarchal man or what, whatever, like who, mm-hmm. who made it so that we believe that this is wrong. And it was a long process of beginning to question everything that I knew about God and, and the Bible and, um, and reaching a point where I just didn't believe any of it. And I think that was, I think that was November, December, 2020 or no, not 2020. It was, pro- it was like 2019. Yeah. Um, it's like four years ago it or was, less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was leading worship at the time at my old church and I, I had to step down cause I was like, I don't believe the words that I'm singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember if I even told them that that was why I stepped down. I was just like, I, I need to not do this anymore. Cause I feel like a fraud all the time. Um, and so I, so I stepped down from leading worship and I, I started having conversations with my mom about it. And I think my dad some as well. And I remember my poor mother. There was one day where I was, I think I was on my way to work, like heading out the door. Shout out to Robin. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a patient woman. Um, I was like heading out the door and like wrapping up a conversation with her. And I ended the conversation with like, I'm not even sure I believe in God anymore. And then mm-hmm. walked out and she was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this woman has like the strongest faith I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, this, this is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel so bad for like just dumping that on her and then walking away. But, um, it was not the plan. And I'm sorry, mom. Um, but there, yeah, there was this, I've, I've actually been trying to think through like the different phases of this, of this particular journey and try to remember like what happened when. And I, I can think of a couple specific things where like I was reading, I was reading this book called The Sun is Also a Star, which is a romance novel. It's not about God at all. Um, but there's this like, there's a lot of talk about like fate and stuff. Okay. And um, and this guy is trying to convince this girl to fall in love with him. And he's like, what if I could make you fall in love with me scientifically? And somewhere around the same time, I watched um, uh, The Case for Christ, which is oh. like. Okay, yeah. Least yeah. Trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's based on a true story of a journalist whose wife becomes a Christian and he basically makes it his mission to prove her faith wrong because yeah. he feels like he's losing his wife. Like she's changed a lot. Um, and he ends up becoming a Christian, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> through his efforts to prove her faith wrong. Um, so I watched that movie. I think it, w- it took a couple times of watching that movie to like realize that I couldn't, I couldn't reason myself into believing in God again. Cause I, I kind of like made it my mission to be like, what if I can make myself fall in love with God scientifically? Like, what mm-hmm. if I can, what if I can find enough information and gather enough knowledge that I can believe again? Because yeah. it was scary to to lose this part of myself that had always been there. Um, so I didn't I didn't want to not believe. I just didn't know how to anymore. Um, so I at some point, probably like the second viewing of that movie, there's there's a moment where he basically arrives at the conclusion that it 
it's just as much of a leap of faith to not believe in God as to believe in God. And somehow between between that and, and actually like softening my heart and, and trying to talk to God again, I reached the point of of being like, I think I have to just trust you and not not worry about knowing all of the answers or everything making sense and mm-hmm. and trying to prove it to myself. Um was and somebody trying to persuade you like this whole time? Persuade like, me. Yeah, like, like Britt, what are you doing? Britt. And like <laughs> Well, there was there was actually um a wonderful, wonderful man at my old church. Um I'm gonna shout him out. His name's Joel Trailer. Um he was one of the elders there and he throughout this whole like questioning process that I was going on, we would just meet up at Panera and he would just be like, All right, what's going on? Like what what are you struggling with today? Like what what's the question? What mm-hmm. what passage is is like frustrating you like what what doesn't make sense and we would just we would just talk through stuff and and that like just just regularly having the opportunity to to talk out what I was dealing with and what what didn't make sense to me and everything with somebody that I trusted that I knew wasn't gonna try to like sway me one way or the other or anything or like try to um prove me wrong or outreason me or something yeah did he recommend the movie or I don't think so I don't how remember how would you even come across that that's I don't remember I think it might be one that my mom just like bought okay that we watched as a family I can't remember um or it might have been something that I came across as I was like researching different arguments for different things in the bible and their their validity and everything yeah um because a big a big aspect of that movie is is like whether or not the resurrection of Christ is an actual historical event. Yes, yeah. 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 Um yeah, it was a it was a long process for me of of um searching for truth and and wanting to know and understand everything and then eventually realizing that that wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. and I just had to choose whether or not I wanted to trust God. And I did. So that was the that was the turning point. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah. Y'all can't see my face. I'm smiling <laughs> big. Um, thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's that's pretty recent and pretty fresh. And so I can't imagine that it's not still fresh to you. It's yeah. It's actually, um, it that that whole season, or really coming out of that season of 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 not believing anymore is what led me to leave my church that I was in at the time, which doesn't make sense given that like really several of the people in that church walked with me through that season. Mm -hmm. That, that season is when I discovered Andrew Peterson because another one of the men, the, one of our worship leaders there recommended adorning the dark and the burning edge of dawn. Mm -hmm. And, and those were also big parts of me like walking through that season. Um, So I had like, these brothers in Christ being faithful and walking through this with me. Yeah. And then I came out of it with the conclusion of, I think I need to leave this church, which, which does not make sense. Um, but I had I had spent a lot of time there not really being able to understand or connect with the teaching, even though I loved the people dearly and they're still family to me, mm-hmm. which really blesses me. Um, and so I I came to the conclusion of of stepping out in faith and looking for a place where I would be able to grow. Um, and I genuinely thought that I wouldn't find another community that strong. Like I was, I was afraid of that. And it was, I felt like I was choosing between like growing in my faith and having 
a family of God around yeah. me, which is such a silly lie of the devil. But I believed it, and mm-hmm. I was really afraid. Um, and then I came to run it. Yeah. So yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um, are there things that you were into in the past that you cared about that are hard to relate to now? Mm. Looking back, <laughs> um, I mean, there are definitely like TV shows and stuff that I watched that I was very, <laughs> very into that I no longer. I have some embarrassing, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, things. Um, yeah. I was actually, as far as things that I don't relate to anymore. Um, so today, today was my creative day. I've, I've started working long, long days, four days a week, so that I can have a creative day in the middle of the week. Um, so I spend a lot of time writing and songwriting and reading about different craft things, the, the arts and all of that. Um, and while I was songwriting, I I came across all these lyrics that were about about like just deep, deep insecurity and mm. like being afraid of not being good enough. And mm. um, and a lot of it was I was writing them as I um I had just come into like my first big restaurant gig and I was a, I was a server for the first time which I had always like thought would be really fun but also scary and I I think there were four or five times in the first month that I almost quit because I didn't think I would ever be good enough mm. um and I loved the job but I was afraid to like I was like I'm not going to waste everyone's time staying here when it like I'm just never going to be good enough um and there there was just a lot of like I would get compliments from my managers or like find out that they had been talking at their meeting about how great I was mm. and I would go on the back patio and cry because I couldn't get it to sink in like I couldn't let myself feel like I had done enough yeah um I'm a, <laughs> a hardcore perfectionist and I'm still I'm still working on healing from that and and speaking truth to myself um but the there's a lot of there were a lot of lyrics in that pile of scribblings that I don't relate to anymore, and it was yeah. really it was really beautiful to me to see like how far God has brought me in just a couple of years. Like that was that was fall 2020, I think, that I was wow. writing this. So maybe would you have even remembered you felt that way if you hadn't found this? Is it like kind uh, of no, so I d- far I out of your for mind? Sure. <laughs> oh, you remember it? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, that that whole season is like another landmark in my life, almost like another turning point. Hmm. Because I. But it wasn't your first job. It was just that particular was job that, that made you feel that way. It was. I think part of it was like I had had a lot of horrible bosses in the past, and so I had a lot of fear of letting people down and like people in authority, and or like making people mad at me if I made mistakes, and all of a sudden I had a wonderful boss mm. who didn't get mad at me and I was so afraid that I would let him down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that, that whole season of like having a really good boss and learning to let myself see that I was actually like decent at what I was doing mm-hmm. and, and also at the same, like side by side, I was going through that and coming into the community at Remnant and starting to like open up to people and and like bond with everybody that was happening at the same time and and also starting but since i it's my, very vulnerable yeah yeah and my i felt like a baby christian at the time because it had only been a few months since i started believing again and i i don't feel like i ever understood the truth or the or the impact of the gospel before mm-hmm. um i don't i don't feel like i 
just the just the fundamentals ever clicked with me. Mm-hmm. Things as simple as just like Jesus, Jesus sacrifice was enough. Like yeah. I don't I don't think the implications had ever sunk in before. So that this season of like being under such such good teaching at Remnant, where they just reemphasize that over and over again, how the the good news of Jesus changes everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is a messed up question because I'm not saying that you weren't that way. But so when I met you, like I said, I I do think of you just being a really warm person and a more light person. Is that so you're possibly you weren't really necessarily classically that way. That's no. more a recent. And if I if I seemed warm and light at the time, it's because I was faking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was very, very insecure, um, very self-conscious, very, very much like, like just surrounded by people that I just automatically assumed were just so much better than me. And I desperately wanted to fit in, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I would. Um, and actually, one of my one of my earliest memories of you in community group was a night where you and Ryan both talked about how it's not your natural instinct to be loving or to be kind. Yeah. And I don't know if you even remember that, but that was mm. mind-blowing for me. Because I was like, these people are so wonderful. Mm. And they're saying that that's not how they normally are. And that means they're like, Jesus is real. Yeah, And it means maybe I can be, yeah. be um, reach a point where, I, where my natural reaction is to be kind and loving to, and to not be afraid and, and, and actually like belong. Yeah. Isn't it funny how we get older and I don't even know how to say this but it's like there's more to Jesus in the fact that it's like no he's like I'm gonna take you deeper mm-hmm. and it's not that he didn't save you when you were younger but he's like are you ready for this yeah. like I'm gonna take you somewhere and I'm gonna be with you and um teach you about me I don't know and then and then it's like freeing. And we sometimes we think like, just because we're getting older, maybe we should know better or something like that. Yeah. And that's not how it works with Jesus. He's like, okay, we're going to go deeper. You're going to go back to the point where you see how big I am. And mm-hmm. like, but I'm inviting you in to my bigness. I don't know. I'm just thinking that because when you mentioned Ryan and I, I'm like, we're so old and we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. So more of it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, Gosh, you shared so much good stuff. Um, Let me see if I have anything else I want to ask you. Or is there anything? um, It sounds like you have some really special people in your life. Is there anybody that now you look back and you're like, gosh, I probably should have appreciated them more? Hmm. Um, The first person that comes to mind is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really wish that I had like asked him more questions, and like not just taken for granted that he would always be there. He, he passed away a few years ago, and your grandma's still here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all go to the lake, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. Smith Mountain Lake. Um, but yeah, my, I mean, my grandfather was somebody who, he was a pastor and a seminary professor for the vast majority of his life, and he. Yeah. He went to um, Korea to train pastors there, like many times, and and he just had such a um, such such a deep rooted faith, and was so so engaged and so involved in in um, just furthering the kingdom of God. And I feel like 
I never really talked about God with him because I didn't, I didn't care. Okay. To, I didn't yeah. care to at the time. Yeah. Like I, there have been so many years in my life where I was so much more interested in talking about books or movies than anything mm-hmm. about God. And I still love talking about books and movies, but yeah. it's not like I'm waiting for the conversation about God to turn to something more interesting, which yeah. is how it used to be. Yeah, this is totally off topic, but how was your grandma involved with that a lot? She, I mean, the... she was, um, she still is very heavily involved in in the um, Stan, Stan Baptist Church that, that he pastored, and she leads a Bible study there. And, okay. Yeah. Cool. So some legacy stuff. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, is there anything just wrapping up? We're at 40 minutes now. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is the soil that you mm-hmm. came out of. Is there anything else you want to say that maybe you didn't get to say? Childhood stuff, growing up stuff, um, I don't current think, stuff. I don't think so. All right. Well, then we're yeah. going to move on. So before um, we close, I'm going to have Britt close out the episode and um, I'm just going to ask you if there's a woman in mm-hmm. our church family that you want to honor on the podcast today for her godly virtue. And then after you say her name, mm-hmm. would you just uh, pray for her and the other women in our church family? Yeah. Um, I would like to honor Hannah Gorley, who is in our community group. Um, I, I've we've actually we've, we've known each other for a long time just kind of as acquaintances. We were, we were in musical theater together. Um, and then we've started getting closer as she's, as she's been in our, our community. And, and we found like things that we have in common, like writing and stuff. Um, but then like a couple of weeks ago, I want to say it was very, it was pretty recent. Um, she was talking about wanting to use her, her singleness, like the opportunity of being single and the time that she has, um, available because of that and using that to, to serve and to, to bless other people in the church. And, and that was so, that was so impactful for me. Yeah. Um, just seeing, seeing that as a, as a good thing and as a blessing rather than like a season of, of waiting and like, um, wanting. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was really powerful. So would you uh, pray for her? Yes. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for Hannah um, and for for bringing her into our community and for the blessing that she's been and the the good example that she's been to me. Um, I ask that you would would just encourage her and um, provide her with with the good ways to serve that she's looking for and and also, if, if it's your will to, to give her the, the dream that she has of, of being a wife and mother, I know that that would bring her a lot of joy. Um, and I pray for especially the other single women in our church um, that we would, we would use this time to its, its fullest and, um, and be a blessing to, to those around us and uh, trust that we are already fully complete in you. And we mean, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in the local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.
Hey, Remnant Sisters, if you could hang on just 90 more seconds, I'm going to share an audio message that Brent sent to me just a couple of days after the podcast. I think you'll find it really encouraging. Dude, I was just thinking again about like how I've spent so long just kind of running from God's design, like what it looks like to be a woman, to be a follower, to be a wife or a mother, like not even interested at all in those things. And... And, and, like, to be a servant. Like, there's so many parts of God's design that I've been running from. Either because I thought they were beneath me or because I didn't think they'd make me happy or whatever. Um, and it's been years and years and years of that. And <laughs> I kind of, there's this part of me that was like, man, I, I've just, like, wasted 10 years. But no, I, I always felt like I wasn't, like a real Christian because I didn't have a testimony and it's not true. I was a real Christian, but I was like, I've never experienced life without Christ. And I kind of wish that I, that I had so that I could be like, yeah, here's what, here's what God brought me out, brought me out of. And so I could, could know that life actually is better with Christ and that God's plan is actually better than mine. And lo and behold, <laughs> 10 years later, I have experienced life without Christ. It sucks. Um, my plan is not better than God's, and I have a story to tell. Huh.